Hey, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties. My name is Sam Prevo. I have dark hair now, and I'm happy about it. And that's my two cents for, for the weekend. And as always, I am joined by... Jennifer Molia. What do I have that's... Oh, I'll talk about my spaghetti. I have a bowl of spaghetti with me right now, which is, once again, from Colony Diner in Wallingford, Connecticut. This is not... Um, the show is not sponsored by Colony Diner, but if Colony Diner would like to sponsor us, I will continue to talk about them every week. I mean, week. You, we have a current Quinnipiac student and a Quinnipiac alum. I feel like we could get a spawn. No, absolutely. Um, Colony Diner, I got the vegan spaghetti and meatballs. Um, I went with a bunch of friends, so we literally ordered like the entire vegan menu. Um, also have gotten, since the last time I talked about them, I think, um, have gotten the vegan buffalo chicken quesadilla which was incredible um and what else i i ate some oreos i got a little got some m&ms and snickers i had some hot chocolate my little cat mug i've been like camping out up here so that's my excitement is my spaghetti jennifer molia here i am (laughs) (laughs) jennifer molia spaghetti Uh, (laughs) what a a send-off though you're um I'm uh, Ariel Melendez. I am done work for the day, so we are doing fabulous. A nice crisp seven to four all by myself. We love to hear that. Um, so I'm doing pretty good. I'm off tomorrow, so no. we're feeling <gasps> good too, right now. Me too, twinning! Ah! We're feeling so good. We are feeling great. My hot take, Jen, I was, yeah. was going to interrupt you. I don't like buffalo. No. Don't like it. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I love I- buffalo. Buffalo, the city, great. Buffalo wings, could live without them. Yeah, I I feel like they have to be made right. Sometimes they're a little too spicy for me, and I'm like, okay, calm down. But, yeah, okay, I will say if I had a choice between, like, buffalo and, like, barbecue, like, I would go barbecue, yeah. But it was was what was accessible to me at the time. Um, And it was good. It was a little quesadilla. I had some, some sour cream and some salsa with it, and it was yummy, and I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm happy for you. That's great. It's been like a pretty good food week. Like That's I went great. to I went to TJ Fridays with my roommate and some of our friends on Friday because um I usually go home for the weekends, but I was here this weekend and I was like, we need to eat real food that's not from the dining hall. Yeah. Um so we went to TJ Fridays and I got I got a Beyond Burger with like everything but the kitchen sink on it, and it was so yummy. And we also got we got mozzarella sticks and pretzels as our little appetizers. Okay, that's the best part about going to those places like TGI Fridays is uh-huh. the appetizers. Like just splitting so a whole good. bunch of apps with people. Uh-huh. Like I love like like you know like that whole like tapas vibe like you get a bunch of shareables. Mm. Yeah. I love that when you just share your food with people and mm-hmm. everybody gets to try a little bit of everything so then i don't have cuz i'm a very indecisive person when i go I'm to restaurants i can't yeah. have to eat. So like I would like I just love that because then I can just have a little bit of everything and I don't have FOMO about like well what if I didn't get this thing off the menu what if I got the other thing I was thinking about getting off the menu you know what I mean yeah it's it's perfect so we got those like apps and one of my friends got like the oh excuse me the loaded potato skins which staple staple of going to TGI Fridays yeah um and one of our other friends tried broccoli for the first time I was going to ask about that because I saw I was like for the first time yeah so their parents never forced them to eat broccoli as a child that's what we were saying she was like yeah like my mom ate it for me when I was like really really little and I don't like remember it and I was like 
Okay. She got I like, love broccoli. I always eat broccoli. It's so good. She got some sort of salmon dish and like the guy was like, it comes with rice and broccoli. Is that okay? And she goes, yeah. And he walks away and she goes, I've never had broccoli before. And we were like, um, but she ended up really liking it. And I think that it, it brings up an important discussion of like foods that we thought were gross as a kid. Like maybe they just weren't. I never thought they were gross. Okay. But like for intensity yeah. purposes, maybe yeah. they just like weren't cooked the right way. My example, Brussels sprouts. I tried Brussels sprouts as a kid and I was like, disgusting. What is this? How Brussels. That's what I was going to say. When they're like all crispy, like flash fried, like yeah. I think that's why I always liked broccoli as a kid because my mm-hmm. mom always like she never like made it like stinky and like mushy. Yeah. Oh, a crunch to it. A little crunch. Like if we could get it burnt, like we would go to like some Italian restaurants and they would do like the burnt broccoli with like the garlic. Mm-hmm. Like I always like I mean I I like veggies in general and I always have, but like broccoli was always top tier for me. Broccoli and green okay. beans. Yeah, I'm like I'm a big vegetable fan, honestly. Like cauliflower. Ooh, cauliflower is really good. Um, yeah. let's move on to another topic that isn't hockey, and then we'll get into hockey. Okay. Um, because the internet is like losing its mind. I mean, like even the like hockey teams are jumping on this whole thing. So, if you t- live under a rock, Taylor Swift re-released her album Red. And Red Taylor's version is now for the world to hear. And it included a 10-minute version from the vault of her famous song, All Too Well. Yes. Um, if This is my two cents about it because I, I'm like, I'm iffy on Taylor Swift to be 100% honest with the world because I need to be honest with myself because <laughs> it's just... Seeing everyone on earth be a Swifty right now and me sitting here, like, I need to speak my truth, okay? Right. And I I like her music somewhat. There are certain right. albums, like, Jen and I had a conversation before the calls, before we started recording, that, like, Speak Now, Masterpiece, I think that's when I really, like, stopped listening to her, was mm-hmm. then, like, the Fearless Speak Now era, when she right. moved into pop music, but was still winning country awards, okay? Okay. Um, And I don't know, I'm just, like, iffy on her outside of music. So I think that's what makes me not want to listen to her music, if that makes Mm. sense. No, it does. And I think Um, that, like, a lot of people, like, I obviously love Taylor Swift, but things need to be said about, like, she is a white woman. So, like, things that she says about feminism and intersectionality, like, aren't always thought through the best. And, like... She'll she'll put like the the queer eye fab five in a music video and be like that's enough activism I was just for gonna today. Say, yeah, I think she's <laughs> very performative at times. Yeah. Like during Lover with like you need to calm down and she mm-hmm. made it this whole like LGBT anthem, but then has been silent previously and and after the fact. Yeah. Ab- about LGBT issues, he she just used that song in that moment and then was like. I did it. I'm solved. Homophobia. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, and she says, like, she doesn't want to be political or whatever, but, like, sis, you have a platform. Maybe you should. I, I will say, though, the documentary that came out about her in 2020 is definitely worth a watch if you have not seen it. It's called Miss okay. Americana. I heard it's about it. about, so good. Um, It's about, like, <laughs> that. Like, how, like, her label... And people around her were stopping her from being political. And I remember there was a scene that, like, broke me. It was her, like, 
before I want to say like not the 2020 maybe the 2016 presidential election or like in the 2016 to 2020 like time frame where she was just sitting with her mom crying and she was like I need to like talk about this they won't let me talk about whatever so that was like very it was very interesting to see like why she didn't talk about but I agree I feel like we need to be nuanced about like everything and that includes Taylor Swift I love her so much but like none of us are without faults however (laughs) However, you know who has a lot of faults? Jake Gyllenhaal. And if I was Jake Gyllenhaal, I would never leave my house again. His publicist has to be going through it this week. Like, because, okay, the the original version of All Too Well, incredible song. I have loved it for close to 10 years now, question mark. I think we all have. I think anyone, even if, like, you don't like her, you like that song. You love that song. Exactly. And so, like, I feel like from the original version of All Too Well, it was like, oh, he's kind of a meanie. Like, he sucks. But like, but yeah, it's just like, it's a breakup song. It's heart wrenching, but it's just a breakup song. The lyrics that she added in the extended version and then like the addition of this short film that she had, I'm like, oh, he's manipulative. Like he broke her. Like, and the fact that, the fact that he's still dating girls that are way too young for him and it's been 10 years since this happened with Taylor, I'm like, this little sus. Um, I find it fascinating that Dylan O'Brien, who played Jake, right, the Jake character, and because I feel like Taylor's never going to come out and be like no. Sadie was me and Dylan was Jake Dylan Hall, but yeah. we all know that Sadie was Taylor and right. Sadie's safe, and Dylan O'Brien was Jake Dylan Hall. I think two things struck me about Dylan O'Brien. Well, <laughs> Dylan O'Brien is just, I mean. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day about how much I love Dylan O'Brien. Big fan. But Dylan played Jake. And first of all, he like nailed Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, 100%. As as a human being. Like, I felt like he was Jake. And then, um, and this is only from, I haven't seen the whole thing. I've only seen a couple clips, but Mm -hmm. that circulated on Twitter. Uh, Specifically the fight about him uh, dropping her hand during a dinner where he like totally gaslit her. It was so good. Um, So... I just, I I heard, I don't know if this is true, that after it premiered or whatever, Dylan apologized. He did. He he apologized and said, like, sorry, I was this, I had to play this, like, groomer, manipulator, and it was so believable that, like, you all probably think that I am this person now. Oh, I got mad at him for a second. I watched this for the (laughs) first time. It was on the way back from TGI Fridays on Friday. And so one of my friends, you're not usually allowed to have a car on campus as a freshman, but if you get like an exemption or whatever, you can have one. So one of my friends has her car on campus, but for those of us not well-versed in Quinnipiac lore, we have two campuses. Well, there are three, yes. but nobody, like I'm a comm major. No I have no reason to, to go to Haven. North Haven. Exactly. Um, so there are two main campuses. There's actual main campus, Mount Carmel and York Hill, which is just like residence halls basically. And like the hockey arena's there like there's some stuff there whatever so my friend has her car parked at york so if we want to use her car we have to take the shuttle system to get her car and ah uh, the Quinnipiac shuttles didn't work when sam went here don't work now cute they never have no never so 
we got back from Fridays around the same time that the Quinnipiac men's hockey game was letting out. So the shuttle stops were a time and we were already waiting for like 10 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this. Like we're going to be here for at least another 15 minutes. Like let me cue it up. And there were girls behind us like singing the song while I was watching. It it was like a good experience. Um, But like my commentary throughout it, my friends thought I was insane because like this whole, this whole motif of the scarf, right? And all too well. In the first verse, she says, I left my scarf there at your sister's house and you still got it in your drawer even now. And then at the end, she's like, you keep my old scarf from the very first week, right? And I thought the way they did it in the short film was beautiful. The way that she just like, she took off her scarf in the sister's house and she like puts it on the banister and like walks away from it. Like it wasn't like a deliberate thing. And then like the last shot of the film is like the older Dylan O'Brien and you just see like the red scarf around his neck. And I screamed. I was like, excuse me? It just like, and and the plot of the short film is very cool too. Like you obviously see them like falling in love. Like they go on a little road trip. Like she meets his friends and his family at dinner. They're living together, whatever. But towards like the end, obviously she gets her heart broken and Sadie Sink does an incredible job. Like Sadie Sink is incredible. The fact that she's like my age and she's doing this is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. So I was a little like nervous at first. I was like, is Sadie Sink under 18 years old and she's supposed to be in a relationship with Dylan O'Brien? Like I under, so, but Mm -hmm. then I realized, so I was enlightened by my, by some of my friends who are Swifties. Um, (laughs) She's 19 and he's 20. He's in his like twenties or 30 or something, which is, which is the the dyna- the same dynamic as Taylor and Jake at the time that they were dating. So that's why she chose them. That's yeah. what I have gathered. Yeah, I I believe Sadie Sink is nineteen and Dylan O'Brien is thirty, and I believe that that's it. That was either the age gap or it was very similar, like twenty and thirty I think or twenty one. Yeah, 30. I think it's similar. I know that doesn't she talk about her twenty first birthday? In yes, the song? yes, she does because she had her twenty first birthday party and he didn't come. And it's messed up. There's a whole other song about it. Um, for those of us looking to do extended research, it's called The Moment I Knew. Um, where she talks well, about how she was in every, her little party dress and her makeup and he didn't come. Messed up. Every um, every Taylor Swift album from like Fearless on is like a breakup album. Like it's dedicated to a man. Like Fearless <laughs> is the Joe Jonas album. Right. Like Speak Now is the John Mayer album. Red is the Jake Gyllenhaal album. 1989 is the Harry Styles album. Like it, we all know that. I mean, like, and I have basic happy. level Taylor Swift knowledge. And then she gets happy in Lover, and that's the Joe Allen album. And, like, even Reputation, I feel like, was her kind of, like, putting that part of, like, her past and her career. Like, all those breakups and, like, all the drama. And, like, now she's, like, happy and, like, good for her. Which is why I don't understand. I've seen so many people in, like, the hockey Twitter community getting, like, so mad over all too well and like okay didn't know you all were the jake Hall fan club first of all i've never seen this man defended harder in his life um and they're like why is she writing a breakup song about a, a relationship from 10 years ago and it's like it takes one google search to figure out why it takes one google search she's releasing takes, her albums it it really i mean when you realize it says taylor's version and you realize that these songs like some of those songs off red were very popular for a lot of like a while ago so yeah. like I don't know. It's pretty clear that she's re-released. I mean, I'm just saying when Speak Now, Taylor's version comes out, we're going to have another 20-minute conversation because I am obsessed <laughs> with that album. I am going to be insufferable when Speak and, Now comes out. And John Mayer, unlike Jake Gyllenhaal, has not kept his mouth shut about the songs that Taylor has written about him. Exactly. So 
He might start like with the copium uh, immediately as soon as Speak Now Taylor's version comes out because who knows what she's going to add to those. Um, yeah. But we had I, to talk about it because the internet's talking about it and everyone's like, 10th goal, Kreider's version or whatever. Like everybody's doing the yeah. whole like Taylor's version thing. I will give my my brief little review i will say yes. my little standout trap well okay so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna buzz through obviously all too well is like a step above the rest so we don't like absolutely that's, like goes without saying so we're just gonna speed run this state of grace is an incredible album opener always will be red title track so good gives me chills treacherous is very underrated it's one of my favorites on the album i love it there are a couple little changes in it like just like the way she sings it and it's great um, I knew her trouble all too well in 22. I feel like everybody knows those. Skip. I almost do. It's also very underrated. Um, we are never ever getting back together. Everybody's heard that song. Stay, say, say, I think sounds like royalty free vlogger music. Some people like it. I don't. Um, the last free time, music. the last time <laughs> featuring Gary Lightbody from, uh, Snow Patrol. Everybody likes to hate on the song. I don't know why. You love Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Why don't you like this song? It's incredible. It's a cutesy little duet. My fun fact about Snow Patrol is yeah. I'm almost positive that Courtney Cox is dating someone in Snow Patrol. Honestly, good for her. I hope she likes this that's song. The, I think that's the band her boyfriend's in. Her boyfriend's in a band. Honestly, no, as she should. And I'm going like, to look it up now, but continue. <laughs> So, so this song, the last time, it's a duet. It's great. Holy Ground, fan favorite, as it should be. Sad, Beautiful, Tragic is gut-wrenching, and I can't listen to it for too long. The love yes, he is. No patrol. Yep. He's, he's a singer, songwriter, musician, and record producer, in the mem- and he's a member of the band Snow Patrol. Honestly, yeah. I support her. Um, so Courtney Cox, her boyfriend Johnny McDade is in Snow Patrol. Johnny McDade, the lucky one, reminds me of like Britney Spears because it's about like when you become famous at a young age and you get like manipulated. So like, free Britney, stream the lucky one Taylor's version. Right? Okay. Everything has changed featuring Ed Sheeran, banger. Starlight, incredible. Such a fun, cute little song. Begin again, another fun, cute little song. The moment I knew absolutely rips me in half. That's the one about how Jake Hall missed her 21st birthday. It makes me so upset. Um, Come Back, Be Here. Very underrated. Nobody really talked about it on the original version of Red. Now people are talking about it. The song Girl at Home. Everybody hated when it was on the original Red, but she like spiced up the production and it's like little like hyper pop electronic little moment and it's like fun now. Um, State of Grace Acoustic, fine. Ronin is the saddest song I've ever heard. It's about this little boy who was a really big fan of Taylor Swift. And I believe he passed away because he had cancer and he was like very, very young. And, but like Taylor stayed in touch with like his parents and yeah, he was three years old when he passed away from cancer. I know. So like she stayed in touch with like his parents and like his family over the years and like just absolutely beautiful. Absolutely broke me. So now we move into the little vault tracks better man which i believe is a little big town song but she like wrote on it so there you go fun um nothing new featuring phoebe bridgers the phoebe bridgers taylor swift collab it's incredible um babe i believe was a sugarland song but she wrote on it so now it's on this very good message in a bottle sounds like it should be in like a despicable mirror trolls movie but it's so good like that's just the vibe <laughs> i got from it like 
I just saw the DreamWorks animation in my head. Like, I saw all of it. You'll listen to the song, and, like, it should be playing in the credits after, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. But, like, it's so good. Um, I bet you think about me. I think Chris Stapleton's on that song. Very good. She's putting out a music video for that. I think, like, tomorrow the day It already came out today. Blake Lively directed it. It's out? Yeah, and Blake Lively directed it. Okay. Or maybe it is coming out tomorrow. I don't know. I I don't remember when her tweet said tomorrow. I don't know if she tweeted tomorrow yesterday or tomorrow today. What is today but yesterday is tomorrow. Blake Lively. All you need to know. Forever Winter is really good. A lot of people are saying it might be about Corey Monteith because it's about, like, addiction. So, like, do with that what you will. Made my heart hurt. Um, I forgot they were a thing. Right? Okay. That that might be, like, speaking of our... But Run, featuring Ed Sheeran, also very good. I think he said that was, like, the first song they wrote together before everything has changed, so that's cute. Um, the very first night was, like, fine. It's a fun little song. And then the album ends with All Too Well, the 10-minute version, which, like, fans have been begging for this for years. Like, she said in an interview, it was, like, an offhand comment, like, oh, haha, like, we had to cut this song down from 10 minutes, like, haha. And everyone's like, okay, let us hear the 10-minute version. And she did it. <laughs> and, like... I'm floored. Like, the first time I listened to it, I was in my friend's room, and my jaw just kept dropping. Like, she would say something, and I would be like, are you joking? Like, she she ended his life. Jake Gyllenhaal can't leave his house. I time. just think about, I think about how she eviscerated Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, Halsey eviscerated G-Eazy with You Should Be Sad. Because I think about that song a lot, and how she literally just ended, ended. his entire life with one song. No, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to uh, when Taylor does the same for John Mayer. <laughs> Dear John, the 20 minute version. Literally like half hour version. Like I'll take it. Like, um, but yeah, stream. The Kanye West songs on that album too, right? Innocent. That's the Kanye West song. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be a circus when that's all, when that album comes out. I just did a presentation for one of my classes about like sexism in the music industry and I literally, all of my slides were about Taylor Swift because I was like, the Kanye situation, like her sexual assault trial and what else is that? Oh, and like her catalog getting sold. I was like, literally any instance of sexism in the music industry, you can relate back to Taylor Swift. And she's still out here like putting out these albums and like succeeding. Like honestly, as she should, stream Red Taylor's version. Um, <laughs> I will, okay, this is like completely <laughs> random, but but because people are starting to play Christmas music, this popped into my head when you said right. that Ronan's the saddest song I've ever heard. The saddest song I have ever heard, and Christmas I hate it, shoes? and I hate that it gets the Christmas shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that song. No, fuck that song. It, I literally, I forget about it every year, and then I hear it on the radio, like, without fail, and I'm like, fuck this song. I hear the beginning, the like the little like jingle belly like piano stuff, and I'm like, turn off. It's Christmas shoes. Turned off. Ariel, have you heard the Christmas shoes? Um, I can't say I remember. I would say I probably have, but I can't remember. It's a little ditty about this little boy who comes into a store to buy shoes, right? And he's buying shoes. Can I please buy these shoes for my mom? Because guess what? She's dying. And I want her to have these shoes. I want her to look pretty on Christmas in case she meets Jesus. I want her to look pretty in the shoes. That's literally, she goes, it says, I want her to look beautiful if she meets Jesus tonight. It's bad. Oh my God. I'm like, brother, it is Christmas. 
Oh I do God. not want to. I don't want to be bawling my eyes out because this fictional boy's mom is about to meet Jesus. And like oh the concept of it, just thinking about it, like this little boy running home and being like, is mom dead yet? Can I put these shoes on her feet? She needs to look pretty to meet Jesus. <laughs> That's awful. It's so bad. I can't like yeah. whoever. So like, awful. I just want whoever like made that wrote it, then pitched it. It got approved. It went through all these people to get made. Every yeah. single one of them turned on their location. <laughs> I just want to talk. <laughs> I just want to talk about how you ruin, try to ruin my Christmas every year. Yeah. I know Christmas isn't a happy time for everyone, but it should be. And we should be trying to lift everybody's spirits, not singing about <laughs> dying mothers and their children buying them pretty shoes. No, you know what they're going to do? You know how they changed, like, baby, it's cold outside to make it about, like, consent? Like, they're going to they're gonna change Christmas shoes and, like, because people are going to be complaining, like, this song is too sad. And it's going to be, like, Christmas shoes hyper pop remix or something. Like, they're going to mess like, up Or, like, the fact that, like, he, if he says that if mama meets Jesus is, like, exclusive to other religions. So it's, like, if mama meets non-denominational religious figure tonight. If mama meets Buddha tonight. <laughs> I can't. Um, that was a good first half of the show. Yeah. That, and the last thing I'll say is the Baby It's Cold Outside Glee cast version with, uh, Chris Colfer and right, Chris Colfer, yeah, and uh, Darren Chris is the best version of Baby It's Cold Outside. You're welcome. Anyway, the Glee version of every song is the best version, but I feel like that's a conversation for a different episode. <laughs> that is definitely a different first half of the podcast conversation. <laughs> okay, anyway, now let's get to hockey. Hockey, yeah. guys, hockey's happening. Um, who to thunk it? Who would have thunk that hockey is also happening at this moment in time when Taylor Not Swift me. is dropping? It's a little disrespectful of, of them. It's personally. a little disrespectful of the NHL to be playing hockey. Um, I kind of forgot about this, and I want your guys' thoughts on it because I think it's hilarious. So John Tortorella is on ESPN, lest we forget. Lest we forget. And, <laughs> and he said some of the most whacked out things I've ever heard about Connor McDavid. Sounds about I right. see this. Okay, so I he said, saw what he said, yeah. I was like, are, we, are we all right? Okay, so I'm going to, like, get the full quote. Um, actually, I don't know if I, there's a full quote. Basically, he just said, if Connor McDavid wants to win in the playoffs, he has to play differently because you can't just fill the net like like you do in the regular season in the playoffs. So he can't just score goals. Nope. Nope. I, um, mm, mm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's an onion. There's a lot of layers to why that's wrong. <laughs> We have to yeah. unpack, like. But I'm going to start with the most obvious one, which is, um, he's not the reason why the Oilers are losing mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. It's literally like everyone but him. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's like that first time they went to the playoffs aside when they like beat the Ducks or whatever. Do you guys remember mm -hmm. that? That was weird. I do. Let, long, long ago. Let's talk about the most recent one when they got swept by the Jets, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Connor McDavid did not draw a penalty the entire series. Uh-oh. Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, could not draw a penalty in the playoffs. Uh-oh. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that and he still has that problem. He was literally talking to the refs the other night in the middle of the game like, "Hello, why are you guys oh. not calling these things when they when they're like double and triple teaming me because Again, he's the best player in the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Pretty that's much. the problem, John Tortorella. <laughs> maybe just maybe. Or, you know, look at the entire rest of the Oilers roster. Oh. You know. Because it, it coincides with a different take I saw. Uh, like, I don't even know if this was real, but I think it was just the most atrocious take I've ever seen. That, well, if Adam Fox is getting a $9.5 million extension and he's the best defenseman in the league and Igor Shesterkin is the best young goaltender in the league, how come the Rangers can't stay above five hundred? Riddle me that, Doja Cat. Um, because they're two people. <laughs> playing on a team of over 20 people. They're two people. In a team sport. Yeah. Oh. I don't, if that, like, Love that's the it. same thing as asking, like, well, if Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, how come the Oilers don't have one Stanley Cup for every year that he's been in the league? Why... Why are you, as the Oilers, not starting a dynasty in the year 2021? <laughs> like, is that, like, I feel like everyone on hot, like, everyone in the world of hockey is just like, I just don't know what's happening. Like, I, are, is, is I mean, everything going on so far really that boring that we need to have these horrible, like, Connor McDavid and Adam Fox? Like, it just, apparently, apparently so. Is John Tortorella, like, that sa- salty that he's not the head coach of the Florida Panthers yet? That he's like, <laughs> I'm just going to talk all this smack about Connor McDavid on ESPN. See if they fire me. See if they fire me, you know. Precisely. Close to the walls. Who cares? Honestly, I think he's just saying, like, fuck it at this point. Because why else would you say something just so yeah. stupid? Uh, he, he's he got to be seeing, like, what he can get away with. That's what my guess is. I, I mean, I just don't <laughs> understand, like... Yeah, I understand, like, the whole, like, oh, a, a player needs a well-rounded game, and they, blah, blah. Uh, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world, yeah. John. Yeah. John. Yep, yep. Like, John, look at me. He's John. not the problem. Look in my eyes. He's not the problem. <laughs> uh, like, I just can't. Like, I just can't. That's, that was, I forgot about it, and then it, like, came to my head when I was coming up with things for us to talk about, and I was like... John. Yeah. John. Yeah, that ain't it. It ain't it. Dear John Taylor's version, but it's about John Tortorella. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I got jokes today, guys. I don't we're, on, know. we're on one today. Um oh. I also wanted to just bring up that Seth Jarvis might be the most unlucky person on the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but he's scored like three two goals in two games and he's like this is his rookie year and he's like killing it but he scored two goals in two games and both of them were taken away it's so rough <laughs> and it's like, top- <laughs> for oh, me though it's been nice no for me it's been nice that they've been taken away oh yeah for you it's been great <laughs> it's against your teams but like it's literally both of them against yeah, the, both blues of them. And the, blues. And the blues yeah Oh my god. Poor like, guy though. That's gotta be awful for like like you're trying to like prove yourself and like earn your spot on this team and like the numbers are just not adding up. Like I can't imagine how frustrating that is. Apparently he like like sat down on the bench after it got taken away and looked up and was like, Again? <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. Freaking again. Poor guy. Poor Seth. All right. Oh. Um 
we have some PHF stuff to talk about as well. I would love to. See? I mean, um, the, the big stories are that Boston is unstoppable, although maybe not tonight, question mark, as I'm seeing on the timeline. Um, <laughs> question mark? And, I mean, developing story. Um, oh, actually, oh, the game's, like, almost over. Oh, my God, guys. Yeah, okay. empty. Yeah, yeah they lose the last minute. Connecticut. Hey, yeah. Okay. Um, I see you, whale. That's basically just what I wanted to touch on, is that Boston was 3-0, and I want to say, um, but they're about to be 3-1, and I believe. Um, yeah. And uh, Minnesota hasn't won, and I don't think Buffalo has won. And the rest are just kind of, either they haven't played enough games to really judge, or they're just kind of vibing in the middle. I think, I think the Minnesota one's surprising. I don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like, Buffalo not win, like, Eh, like okay that kind of tracks but minnesota like going from it's kind of like montreal making the finals and then like yeah that's what i was thinking is that like going into the season one of the storylines i think people were talking about the most was like the minnesota boston like rematch like who's gonna come out as the stronger team and it's like in terms of standings, Boston has just wiped the floor with them. <laughs> like Boston is Boston is stacked. To be fair, Boston is like completely stacked. Well, they are like every seat. That's the I was gonna say the NWHL, but that's the the PHF way. Is like yeah. Boston is just like insane, and everyone else just kind of fills in, and it's whatever. And like that's why, like I I haven't been able to really watch a ton, but. I've been on the timeline like during the Boston Connecticut game today and everyone's been saying like Boston did everything but score like they did everything yeah. but get on the board yeah. so they they still very much are looking like a very good team and I mean like just some of the names on their roster like you really can't go wrong like they're they're yeah. gonna be I, fine <laughs> my one like qualifier to that is that like of course that they're always good it's because like these women this isn't their full-time job obviously Mm -hmm. like we we would love to get to a place where it is and they could like move to the city that they're playing in and whatever and have like a wage where they could play play the hockey and then like that's it but a lot of these women it it's where they play in the phs dependent on where they live yeah for for everything else and a lot of players happen to be from massachusetts slash boston yeah and probably still continue to live and work in boston Mm-hmm. Um. So that is beneficial to the pride in that they can sign these players because they're there, right? Yeah. I think that was kind of like people's expectations for the six. Yeah. Oh, just lost. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, um that's so- I think that was people's expectations for the six as well. Is that there's lots of players that live from Toronto, are that are in yeah. Canada, in Ontario, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, because I know that, like, in Buffalo, a lot of the players are actually from Pittsburgh because it's not that far of a drive. Yeah. Yeah. And so that little, like, Pittsburgh, like, um, that collective. Kind of yeah. Yeah, hub. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. That, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Of women's hockey players play in Buffalo because uh, for the weekends when they play the games, it's not that far of a hike to from get yeah. to yeah. Buffalo from Pittsburgh. And that's kind of why they had the All-Star game in Pittsburgh that one time mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So it's yeah, just, it- I think that's. That, that's what puts some teams at an advantage when it comes to mm-hmm. signings and some teams at a disadvantage. I definitely do think that there's like a vicinity element with the PHF. There is sort of in the NHL, like 
oh, if you grew up in this area, you want to play for this team. But I think there's a lot more movement in the NHL where there really isn't for the PHF because, like you said, it isn't their full-time job. So, Sorry, I was a a breaking TikTok apparently came out of Josh Richards just, like, walking out to, like, an empty Amelie Arena. Yeah. Didn't that come out during the playoffs? Yeah. That's what I thought. Because someone... Like someone from Bardown just tweeted it three hours ago and said, "This is really growing the game." I, I mean, honestly, not a bad time to talk about how Josh yeah, Richards is not growing like, the game. Fair, but I think that came out already. I, think, I don't know. Are they? Because like, did they stop? Like, the yeah, because I think that was did, like did his cyber bullies. I haven't yeah. heard anything. I'm sure, was that? I haven't heard anything about, but I definitely remember that being like. Yeah, I think that was like the first TikTok he released. Then why does someone? This is this is the problem with the internet, guys. People just tweet things, and you think it's like, you think it's new, and it's like years old. <laughs> yeah, you think yeah. it's new, and you're like, wait, this was actually like a month ago. Cool. I'm so sorry, Jenna. Um, I cut you off by accidentally blasting a st- stupid TikTok song. You're good. Um, but yeah, just to like finish up my my PHF first couple week thoughts. Um, the Pride are, like, I mean, they're stoppable now, but they're virtually unstoppable. I could see them being the ones to win it all again this year, although, um, last night they won in overtime in Connecticut. Uh, I believe it was Christina Patina, um, who scored the goal, and it was the first overtime win of the PHF era, I think. Um, could be wrong, but I believe that's right. Um, so... You, you can definitely see a team like Connecticut giving them a run for their money, um, but I definitely think they're going to be the favorite again. I would love to see like a comeback for a team like Minnesota because, you know, they got so close last year. Um, and for, for the rest of the teams, I really do think that it's like a toss-up because no one's really shown like they're really, really good or they're really, really bad really besides like Boston. And I mean... Like we said, for Buffalo, it's not a gigantic shock that they're not doing great. I think it's a lot more of a shock for Minnesota. Um, so I guess if if we're making, excuse me, if we're waking our way too early Isabel Cup, is it still called the Isabel Cup? Yes. <laughs> okay. So if we're if we're making our way too early Isabel Cup predictions, um, mine is the Boston Pride going back to back. Um, but we'll see. Lot, uh, yeah, that's what I was going for. Um, um, but a lot of hockey left to play. So I'll agree with you. Um, just because obviously that's just this. It seems like that's the trend. Um, mm-hmm. I also agree that I would like to see a Minnesota comeback. Um, yeah, I've always had a soft spot for the Connecticut Whale. I feel like they're just like my little underdog babies, <laughs> and yeah. I would love for them to do well this year. So that's what I hope for them, and I'm glad that they beat Boston. Yeah, I definitely think that this could be, I mean, we're only a couple games in to call it a turning point, but I think it could be a turning point for them. Um, you know, you you take down Big Bad Boston and it's like... I mean, it's definitely a moral victory, yeah. if anything. Yeah. Like, huge for team morale. Agreed, 100%. They definitely feel good after that one. Um, One thing that I, so that's uh, that's it for PHF, right? uh yeah i'm good oh we didn't talk about the broadcast team we just mentioned that they have one. <laughs> oh god yeah i mean um so i really announced... i really don't have great things to yeah, say Yeah, on 
the 12th, so two days ago, they mm. announced their uh, broadcast team. This is across Twitch and ESPN Plus? I think I believe so. so. Um, and Jen and I and Ariel have all noticed that um, there's only one woman of color on this broadcasting team. And it's Erica Ayala, who I love so she much. Is She's a incredible. legend, and we love her. She rocks. I mean, and I really don't have, like, I know I just said, like, I have problems with it. But, like, it is good to see how many so women. Like One, two, three, four, five, six. Alexis Pearson looks like Jennifer Gardner and is throwing me off. She does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty. One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine. Okay, so it's yeah. pretty evenly split women and men, which... For a, I know they're not a women's league anymore, but for a league that was known as a women's league, I think I would like to see a little bit more non-male representation on the broadcast team. But I mean, half and half is something. I'll kind of take it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and But definitely more women of color. I mean, it just goes back to, I wrote a piece about this last year, but like the formerly NWHL, now PHF, has been kind of performative in terms of Black Lives Matter and racism. Like, they literally made patches that said end racism and put them on jerseys and we're like, that's enough for today. Um, so I, I definitely think that it's a matter of, and that's not to say, I think that there are incredible people working in the PHF and I don't think that their intention is to be racist or yeah. to misrepresent or underrepresent mm-hmm. groups, but I really do think it's another represent representation. That's not what I want to say. Um, I think it's another instance of put your money where your mouth is. You want to support women. You want to support gender diverse people. We want to support people of color. Okay, do it. Like put yeah, them on the broadcast. I think, I think like the what we, what we were talking about with like the um, vicinity thing when it comes to like signings mm-hmm. in the PHF. I think a hurdle for the PHF and just for women's sports in general is people. Unfortunately, this isn't like something that I agree with or think that should be a thing, but I I do think it exists as a problem. Is that some people may not be willing to cover these sports mm-hmm. or yeah. feel that because I think the big thing is, and it, this is, this is like, I guess to play devil's advocate for people who may not want to cover these sports, they feel that they're not educated enough on it. They don't want to do it a disservice mm-hmm. by trying to cover it, which I understand. And I think that comes from a good place, but at the same time, like when I was in college and I think, I mean, Jen, you can attest to this too, because I feel like they give you the same speech that I got at student media at Quinnipiac. <laughs> They always said to us, like, if you don't know the sport, just give it a try. Yeah, and exactly. You'll yeah, learn exactly. on the fly. You'll have people around you that know and can help you. And the only way to learn is by like immersing yourself in it. So the only way to learn 100%. more about I mean, and and women's hockey, if you know the basics of of hockey in general, then you can cover yeah, women's and you're hockey. Good. So I yeah. think I think it's trepidation of certain people to just not want to dive into this field, this this uncharted territory, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. it's it's doing like both sides a disservice in that way. But yeah. I think that's a hurdle I that mean, people are gonna have to, you know, jump over at some point. I mean, yeah, the the first game that I ever covered for QBSN, like because I've been doing uh multimedia, like live tweeting, graphics stuff for them. First game I ever did was field hockey. I didn't know a single thing about field hockey, but I sat with the commentators and they were calling the game and like it's not that hard. Like you kind of figure it out. I've covered field hockey for them. I covered volleyball for them, which I knew absolutely nothing about. Yep. And soccer, I knew more about than field hockey and volleyball, but still like, I'm not a soccer fan. So I, I really do think it speaks to what Sam is saying. Like, 
oh, I don't want to do this word a disservice by covering it. Dude, like, watch a crash course on YouTube. <laughs> like, yeah. like, the information is there for you. And, like, now that you can watch the PHF on a place like Twitch or ESPN+, Plus, like, it's accessible. So I do think that it's, like, I keep saying put your money where your mouth is, but, like, you want to learn more about the sport? Okay, here are the resources. Are you going to do it? Um, which, that sounds so harsh. But, like, I, I think that's what it's coming down to is, like, it's time to walk the walk in addition to talking the talk is what I would say. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I covered rugby at Quinnipiac and I was like, yeah, rugby. I don't know. I could not. I know. I know that they do. I know that they have scrums. That's it. Like, could and, not yeah, because like they you can like kick it at random times. Like, it's not like football. So like it, it, mm. what Jen said, like, I just learned from people around me. I like did my research beforehand like what different terms were in the sport like it's not a touchdown it's a try things like that um and that team at Quinnipiac are multiple time national champions so I I didn't feel like I was you know disrespecting them or or you know giving them lower quality coverage because I didn't really know what I was doing um Mm. so yeah I think people just need to take the plunge more and just want to dive into covering women's sports particularly like women's hockey and, and things like that um yeah. agreed yeah and last women's hockey thing um that i just saw was that these are that they announced the two groups for the winter olympics for women's ice hockey oh yeah so group a is usa canada finland uh the russian olympic committee and switzerland and group b is japan the czech republic sweden denmark and china which I think is super cool that we have Japan and yeah. China in the Olympics for hockey. Yes. Very cool. And Very the Russian Olympic that. Committee, which still makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so uh, this girl, Carly, her username is Quarky Hockey. Um, she tweeted, this is how it came on my timeline. It says, a piece of women's hockey history. These are the Olympics that caused the addition of two CWHL teams in China in 2017 and helped keep the league going for another two years. Sad that the Mm. CWHL didn't survive to see these games, but I'm curious about the legacy we'll see from it in February. For sure. So that's that's very important to note that um, women's hockey has done a lot to promote the game in China. I think the NHL decided they wanted to do that as well and then kind of took their foot off the gas with it. But the but women's hockey has seemed to flourish in in China and Japan, which is super cool. So excited for obviously excited for the Olympics, but the women's hockey tournament will be amazing as it usually is. Yeah. Yay. Okay, back to the men. Uh, Ariel, please tell me about how the how the Flyers uh, defeated the Hurricanes and handed them their first loss at home. <laughs> how? Um, because uh, Carter Hart. That's that's literally the reason. Yeah. Because yeah. Carter Hart. Um, that's it. No, it was straight up. Like he was, he was literally the reason they even had like a chance. Like you know, stop me if you've heard that before. This entire season is. Because of him it is how they were finally able to score. Because, I mean, Anderson has been, like, incre- like Carolina itself has just been incredible. Um, so that was going to be – I I felt coming in that was going to be a really good goaltending matchup because both goaltenders have been having really, really strong seasons. Um, 
I don't know. We could talk about how they gave the Hurricanes their first um, home loss and then how they gave the Dallas Stars their first um, regulation win. We could go in both directions Yikes. here because that game Yikes. last night was bad. Like, very bad. Oh, oh and the, the Stars were wearing those stinky oh God, neon highlighter jerseys that I hate. I hate them so oh, much. I hate them so much. Yeah, so, I mean, we can... Does anyone like them? I no. Okay. I think I saw Mike McKenna posting that he liked them. That might be the only what? person I've seen say they like them. They're like an assault on my eyeballs. They make my yeah. eyes hurt. No, they're... Cause it the, does hurt. The, like, outline of the numbers is, like, non-existent. Ugh, it's bad. It just hurts. But, yeah, the, so we went in two very different directions on two very different nights. Um, beat the really, really good team, lose to the team. That's been pretty bad. I think they had won one game in their last seven, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, um, and Kudobin didn't find out he was going to start until 7 o'clock the night before. Because Holpe has, like, some no. nagging injury. And I talked in my pregame, I was like, oh... Martin Jones hasn't given up a lot of goals. Oh, Kudobin's given up a lot of goals. Like, this could be the opportunity for the offense to break out. Famous last words. Literally. Famous last words. Dallas scores three on Jones, though it wasn't it wasn't on Jones, truthfully. Um, that like that wasn't even a clunker for him. It, it obviously like he gives up three goals, but like none of that was him. The Flyers are just were just like bad. But like the Rasmus Ristolainen experience. Are you enjoying Actually, it? Actually, yes. Like, honestly, like, yes, I'm very much enjoying the Rasmus Ristolainen experience. Because him and Sanheim lately have actually been pretty, have been doing pretty well together after they kind of started off a little bit rocky. I mean, there are moments where Ristolainen does something and you're like, why? But then, yeah. then he says um, he's going to hit guys through the wall. And then you're like, okay, yes. Like, we're here. Like True. he's when they that is the one good when thing they about asked him. him about um Carolina because they have a lot of Finnish guys that he knows. He's like, they know, they know, they know I'm just gonna hit them harder. Like I'm gonna hit them through the wall. Like, okay, yes. Yes, love, love it, love it. Um please don't break uh, any more of my hurricanes. They're already so hurt. There's so many injuries. <laughs> but I mean Alex Lyon had to play. You know last what? Night. I don't want to talk about that. God. <laughs> oh how Alex Lyon got I don't his want to talk about it. got I don't want to talk about it because like no offense loved Alex Lyon he gives like the greatest interviews cuz like that's that's a Yale boy right there he a smart boy so he like gave honest insightful like I always loved hearing his interviews but he wasn't the best NHL goaltender and so I'm talking to my friend I'm like oh like cuz we're thinking like who was going to play when if anderson was going to play the flyers and then lion right. would get the blues mm. and i'm like okay lion's not the greatest and then you know the blues are playing hofer so i'm like all right this is kind of going to be it we'll see and then alex lion just like kills it i'm like okay sick like thanks thanks buddy love you but like, you know um i do have an alex lion story i'm ready so you alluded to it. He played for Yale, but he played for Yale when I went to Quinnipiac. And oh. so the Yale Quinnipiac yeah. rivalry, as we know, is very intense. Very. It's very one sided. Yale does not care, but we care, Quinnipiac. Exactly. And so our goalie at the time, Michael Gartig, who's a wonderful human, um, I forget like what precipitated this whole thing, but we were we were in 
some we were at media day we we're like filming everything and we're interviewing him for the Yale game and they brought up like because both goalies were playing very well Alex was playing very well and and Gartz was playing very well so they said like how do you feel about this matchup and blah 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 I believe that's how we worded it to him and he just looks at all of us and he says well I've never lost to Alex Lyon I think I remember the story. And you know what? <laughs> he never lost Alex Lyon. He never did. There you go. Every every Quinnipiac we won every Quinnipiac Yale game. Um, I was just explaining this to a coworker because I was saying I really like that's it makes it hard for me to root for Alex Lyon because I'm in my head I just always hear, Well, I never lost Alex Lyon. Um <laughs> But like Thatcher Demko, like the one time we faced off against him in college, like it was a national semis and we beat him. So I have no qualms with Thatcher Demko. <laughs> Alex Lyon, on the, hand. <laughs> on the other hand, very hard to root for him. But that's like, I just love, like, I just hear like Michael Gartig in my head being like, yeah, well, I've never lost to Alex Lyon. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, but um, I mean, I think the only positive to take from uh, to take from last night's game was Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes came back. That was really great to see. Um, and him and Keith have their little. Oh my god! I, that was literally I the most them. chaotic energy I have ever seen. They're chaotic. That's obviously the first time like them. they've been able to play together this season. And yeah, that was just like literally what I expected the energy to be between Kevin Hayes and Keith. Andrew. That was the chaos when they were on the Rangers. Imagine though, when they were on the Rangers, I'm pretty sure. Kevin lived with Keith and Yandel. now Keith Yandel lives with and Kevin his Hayes. family. <laughs> Scary because yeah, um, Scary. He said his family's not coming because obviously his kids started school already, like earlier than. Uh... Um, so his family's not coming up, so he's gonna stay with Kevin. Um, and obviously, and Kevin talked about that. Mm. That's gonna really help him, of course, is to have is to have yeah. Keith around like that. But you know, it, it was really nice to see. Apparently, Kevin, like, hardcore campaigned to, to play in this game. Or it's, like, to play on the road trip. Because mm. um, his his LTIR was up, I guess, the 10 games when they played uh, Toronto. Which, that's another game that mm-hmm. it, that uh... happened. That was an experience. <laughs> and I was there for that game. That's a hockey game and that I, happened. And I was covering, and I was covering <laughs> that game. That, that game was a thing. Um, But, like, uh, A.V. was saying, he apparently campaigned so hard to like everyone but him that he you know that he wanted to play on the road trip um interesting to not campaign that to the person who decides yeah literally you said he campaigned you would think to to like the medical staff like everybody like the about wanting to play and then um obviously they had to make a move so he could come back because they couldn't just send sealer down oh and they put Ah! abe kubel on waivers right claimed by colorado Yeah, I saw that. That was sad, like actually, I knew. I, uh, I knew it was gonna. I knew he was gonna get claimed too. I just, I like felt it in my like soul that he was gonna get claimed. He's a good player. He is. Like I, I followed Albe Kubel like since he was like a fan of. So it's it's been like a long time since I've been like a fan of his. Um, so that made me sad because I've like. I feel like but, every moment I remember, like every like little highlight that pops in my head of him, it's like good stuff. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. been it's been a little bit of rough um this season and last season wasn't um great for him either. Um just because like of the penalties and stuff, that was I think one of the main things that was the problem. 
was, you know, he, he obviously plays that like energy type role where you kind of have to toe the line between, you know, aggressive yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, taking too many penalties. And he wasn't really able to do that. And I mean, the points, like he obviously had a lot of success um, the first season with AV when he um, got the opportunity. I think he had 15 points in like 30 some games. And then um, the offense kind of mm-hmm. wasn't coming and couple that with the penalties. And it made him expendable. Because if McEwen or Brown got put on waivers, like, hi, Vegas um, and Vancouver were going to be like, hi, we'll take them back, please, now, thank you. So it kind of yeah. made him expendable, and, uh, you know, I had a feeling it was going to happen. I also forgot they changed the waiver time to 2 o'clock. So I'm, like, refreshing from, like, noon to, like, 12.30, like, hi, what's happening? <laughs> um, But, no, oh, that God. made me really sad to see him and especially like the that west coast really like all my favorites go to the west coast it's like can you you're really push me to the edge all my friends but are good. colorado yeah. comes here in like two weeks so i should he should probably still be there because colorado's like i'm gonna talk about like dying like everyone on colorado is just like falling apart so i'll probably try to go to that game and see him but i mean yeah that that, that was i wasn't really surprised by it um, but I was like, why does all my favorite players have to go to teams that I will never see play? True. Right. Um, speaking of the Leafs, um, last night's game it happened was wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> they played the Sabres and I was like, oh, they're playing the Sabres. Wow. Right. It's basically a home game for them anyway, because they were in Buffalo. Yeah. There was yeah. still, like, no one there. Normally, it's packed when they play the Leafs, okay? Like, because all right. the Leafs fans come. So, and yeah. the border's open now. So, I don't know why it was, uh, whatever. So, it must still be, like, a COVID thing. So, it was, like, still basically empty. And the Leafs were playing Joseph Wool for the first time. So, it was his first NHL game, right? Against the Sabres. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure, this will be easy. The Sabres came back and tied it. It was, like, th- 4-1, and they came back and tied it. It was 4-1? It was 4-4. Four, four. It was literally, it was 4-1. And I was like, it was four this one. isn't happening. Also, Jeff Skinner had two goals. <laughs> but I was like, this wasn't happening. Like, this is fave on fave crime. And then I was like, wow. This is this is when tweets come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. I said, wow. The Buffalo Sabres are really going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs to overtime. <laughs> Morgan Riley must have been reading my Twitter timeline. Because with 12 seconds left, he said, bet! And scored the game winner. Oh, my friend sent me one of the goals from that game, and I don't remember who it was. But I was just like, how? Like, how? Jeff was fired up. I haven't seen Jeff Skinner that fired up in a long time. He was fired up. I don't even remember who scored it. It was like the one goal that was just Um, really, like, weird. They they had a weird one. And it just, like, kind of slowly went in. Yeah, it just, like, slowly went in. I remember that one. But, yeah, so Joseph Wool got his first NHL win oh. in the city that he was drafted in. Love it. Buffalo, New York. Love to see it. But it was a wild one. It was a weird Love one. To see it. Um, This is hockey, but also not hockey-related. Uh, do you guys know Morgan Riley is dating Tessa Virtue? The figure, yes. the, yes. the, women, the, the half, one half of the most decorated figure skating duo of all yes. time, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. My mother and father. Yes. Uh, I remember, like, 
when the internet was like obsessed with them and everyone was like oh my god are they dating and it was like no they're just like partners and then it was like oh my god who is she dating and it was like Morgan Riley. Well, he, when they when everyone was obsessed with them because so I've been yeah. obsessed with them for forever because as a former figure skater, I love right. watching figure skating. Like I just love it because it's stuff that I was never good enough to do. And ice dancing is even cooler to me. Do you guys know the difference between pairs figure skating and ice dancing? I don't. I do not. So. Buckle up. Here's a class. Heck yeah. Quick. So pairs figure skating is much more like technical and much more about like the actual figure skating like moves like the axles and the whatnot whatnot ice dancing is literally what it is it's like it's more about the artistry it's about dancing on ice the couples cannot they have to be touching for the majority of the program i can't remember what like how long they're allowed to be separated but it's a very finite Mm. amount of time that they're allowed to not be like touching holding hands whatever it is they have to be like a cohesive like dancing unit yeah and a lot of the moves that they're like that are requisite of them are based on actual dance moves so it's much more about like the artistry than like Mm. regular pairs figure skating yeah that makes sense the program that made everybody like lose their mind over them was probably the most beautiful ice dancing program i've ever seen in my entire life it was their gold medal winning long dance to a medley of songs from Moulin Rouge. <gasps> I love that. First of all, I love Moulin Rouge. You and McGregor, love of my yes. life. But this program, if you if you get the chance, watch it. It's awesome. Um, but the thing that made everybody like, well, they just have great chemistry. They've been partners since they were children, like literal children, Scott and Tessa. Mm. But I mean, if you guys haven't seen Moulin Rouge, it's a love story. And so obviously there's love songs in this medley. And there's a part where it's one of the songs where Ewan and I think the female lead was Nicole Kidman. They're saying to each other about how much they love each other. And Scott is mouthing the words to Tessa, I will love you until my dying day. Jenna has her hands over her mouth. Like, this is what I know. Yeah. Yeah. That shook me personally. He's saying to her, I will love you till my dying day. Okay. So this is why, and their chemistry on the ice, is just why everybody thought that they were together, but they're not. <laughs> and then a few years later, Morgan ends up, Morgan Riley ends up with Tessa Virtue. And honestly, she's more famous than him. We love that. Yeah. And I love it. And a lot of people are, were joking that, that she was the reason why he took a discount to stay in Toronto. <laughs> oh, we do have something else slightly Leafs related to end with. Oh. <laughs> oh. About our guy and he's gone. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, when we first got on, what were you so sad about? Oh! Our guy yeah, and how he's guy. gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's gone. He is gone. So, Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov, former Leaf, former Islander, I don't know where else he played, uh, is going back to the KHL. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, Ariel, it was breaking while we were getting ready for oh, the call. Oh, I was going to say, I was, like, letting my dog outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so this is his This is his little Instagram uh, statement. It's so cute, and it wasn't in the notes app. He actually did it with, like, a little background and everything. It's very cute. 
Yeah. So it's the toughest decision I've ever made in my career to leave all my teammates and trainers who have been like a family to me for the last three years. It hurts me more than anyone could think. Let's put all the rumors away. I made this decision myself. No one else did it for me. I'm guessing he wasn't playing too well. I want to thank the Islanders organization for all the support. I want to say how happy I am that I got to know the boys, not just a few of them. I really mean the whole team. What an unbelievable, what unbelievable human beings you are. I also want to say an extra big thank you to Lou. I have never known anyone like him. He is always there to help you become a better person slash player. And I have a ton of respect for him. Yeah. Apparently he's like one of the only like genuinely nice people in the league. Question mark. Okay. Big thank you to the fans who supported and cheered for me. It means a lot. Thumbs up emoji. I hope you guys are going to win the cup beer emoji now i have signed with ska in the khl i'm real. i'm really excited to join them soon and get the games going to my family i want to say the biggest thank you to my beautiful wife and kids for all the support you are giving me quote be patient sometimes you have to go through the worst to get to the best signed uncle leo uncle he knows guys he knows it hurts it actually hurts so bad it really does hurt like (laughs) He's just one of those people that I just expected to always just be there. Right? I think that's why it hurts. <laughs> like, all the best to him. He seems like such an adorable human being. He does. I'm sorry that I forgot about him for two seconds. I was like, <laughs> I was like reliving the Tessa and Scott r- routine in my head. Um, no, you're valid. But yeah, that's just sad. But it, and it was breaking news while we were getting ready for the call. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a sad little person. I am sad about it. It's sad. I mean, like that's just gonna Is be there... like. I mean, nothing will ever break me more than Henrik Lundqvist retiring. But oh yeah, like there's just gonna be moments where like all these things are gonna happen. Like all these players that we love are just gonna be like, mm-hmm. I'm gone now. <gasps> I have a happy thing we can end on. Okay. That I just saw on Twitter. So it is this is this breaking news? Maybe. It's breaking news as of 50 minutes ago. So not quite breaking. It's not hockey related, but we're still gonna like it. Okay. There's gonna be a new Ghostbusters movie. Are we all aware of this? Yeah. Paul Rudd. Sexiest Mwah. Sexiest Sexiest man alive. Man alive. Were we aware that High C is making an exclusive drink? For the new Ghostbusters movie. But you can't buy it. They need to choose you to receive it. That's so ominous. (laughs) Why does this remind me of our Pop-Tarts thing? (laughs) The the tweet says, Guess who escaped from the vault for an exclusive commemorative drop just in time for Ghostbusters Afterlife in theaters November 19th. While this won't be available for purchase, show us the heart emoji at drink high C and at Ghostbusters and you may get slimed by Ghostbusters Afterlife Ecto Cooler. That's a sentence. Ah! Ecto Cooler. Ecto Cooler. That was... Guys, we should try to win it. How do you show them? Somebody... Uh, posted like a picture of a piece of paper and it says, Dear at Drink High C, please send me fresh ecto cooler or I'll be forced to drink this one from 1994. And it's like a little packet oh, that they Oh, yeah, say. no, I see it now. Someone said it has, a, it says, a staple of my childhood and for a few weeks following its brief resurrection in 2016, sent about a dozen requests to Kroger to carry it before they finally did. 
This is like warming my little heart. I'm dead. This can, right, of Ecto Cooler, like it's cute. Like the design's fun. Like I could see this on a t-shirt, like at a thrift shop. But it says high C, 100% vitamin C per serving seaside for nutrition information. On the very bottom, it says contains 10% fruit juice. (laughs) Love it. Just 10. I'm shook right now because that just reminds me of the Pop-Tarts thing. I could sue them for being like, you didn't. It you lied about the health benefits. The health benefits of ecto cooler. No, stop. Someone has a figure. A Paul Rudd figure. I love Paul Rudd. That's what we can end on. I, I love, love Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd here. Yeah, honestly, Look good ending. Paul Rudd. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Paul Rudd. Also, um, Ben from the show Hometown on HGTV is listed as one of the people's sexiest men alive, and I agree. Yeah, valid. Um, but that's that's the Patreon exclusive episode. We go through the hundred. We go through the sexiest men alive. <laughs> yes, honestly. Slash J. We do not have a Patreon. <laughs> All right, ladies. Anything else? Was, I don't know. If we can. That was a fun episode. Ending. That was chaotic, and I love that barely any hockey was really talked about. But you know what? Honestly, Sometimes fair. we need that. Sometimes we need to talk about how Jake Gyllenhaal will probably never leave his house again. I need count to your days. To like the entire count your days. Show. Count your days, Jake Gyllenhaal. It was so nice seeing you in that play one time. I still need to listen <laughs> to the entire album I've been playing. You should. You should. It it um it's like two hours long, so you're gonna wanna like sit down like thirty songs. Like you're oh, gonna I wanna like that. sit down and absorb that the last one. I listened to like every single Yeah. Time. So like my friends and I my friends were like, let's have a listening party. Like, let's do this, let's do this. And I was like, respectfully, I need to listen to this in my room, in my bed, in the dark. And that's why I did respectfully. Um <laughs> I haven't listened to like any of her remakes yet, so maybe I'll just do that. I'll just sit and do them like just marathon I'll, I'll it. Binge it. I'll do a Taylor Swift binge. Yeah. I like it. Please report back, both of you, if and when you do. I'll write you a MLA sided uh, Times New Roman <laughs> double space twelve point font essay. I'm looking forward to it personally. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, that'll be when we start the Patreon. I read the I read the essay to you. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, ladies. It's been a fun one. Always. It has been. As always, it's fun when I get to spend time with you ladies. Besties. Besties. All right. Uh, If you enjoyed, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. If you did, you can follow us on Twitter at BeautiesPod. That is at BeautiesPod. And if you have if this is your first time listening to us there's 30 other episodes for you to dive into you can do a binge listen of us while we binge listen to taylor swift (laughs) incredible and uh on that note we'll see you guys next week Bye. bye bye